the snap, looking, flips the ball, diving for the pylon, and he's got it! Razzle-dazzle! Touchdown, Houston! And the Texans go in front! Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy, and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Ball is out. The Texans say they have it, and they do! Now, it's Texans All Access. Second down and one for the Texans at the 19-yard line of Kansas City. Handoff, Johnson, right side, 15, breaking a tackle, 10, to the 5, to the pylon. He's in! Touchdown, David Johnson. Welcome to the Texans. Boy, that was a great run by David Johnson. And, you know, just prior to that, the Texan sideline reporter happened to talk about David Johnson literally right before that touchdown for David mm-hmm. Johnson. And that happened to be me. Welcome in, everybody. A Friday all-access show, 6 to 8. We've got you covered. we got so much happening. But the man who made that call is also with me. Mark Vandermeer. Mark, how you doing? Johnny, I'm doing great. It's great to be with you. You know, we um, we got through it last night. It was hard <laughs> to watch in some cases. I, I really think that, uh, you know, obviously better days are ahead. They better be ahead. I mean, come on. They've got to be ahead, right? This is three straight openers that they've dropped. And I was thinking about this. They're all against very good teams, yeah. and they just haven't won any of them. You have the yep. Patriots in 2018, and last year you had the Saints, and this year you had this, and it's just tough. Yeah. And the thing about it, I, it's funny. I had the same thought, too. I was thinking about that on the bus uh, on the way to the airport last night. Mm-hmm. You faced, in 2018, you faced the defending AFC champs. Um, and yeah, that's right. In 2019, you faced the Saints, who should have been the defending NFC champs. And then last right. night, you faced the defending Super Bowl champs. So that's the way you started off each of the three years. Now, the, the flip side of that is that I know people will say, okay, well, yeah, now – Go win those games. Well, yeah, look, if those games are played at home, look, in 2019, when you played the Patriots at home, you beat them at home. Um, You played the Chiefs in week six, you beat them on the road. Um, But this is a new year, and obviously last night uh, was a tough one. We're going to break all that down a little bit. We'll talk about my moat situation last night um, and how, uh, yeah, my moat, not my sideline, my moat. Um, and I, I guess I'm going to start calling myself the, the moat reporter instead of sideline reporter um, because I spent, the, I spent the night in a moat. Well, I spent half, most of the night in the moat, some of the night with the Chiefs fans, um, and then the rest of the night on the other side of the moat. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain all of that. D.B. Sidhu sat down with Charles Amenahu. We will have that later in the show. I've got my predictions for every single game this weekend straight up and against the spread i'll have that later in the show and we'll have some texas audio jukebox later in the show but mark i know people wanted right off the bat in this hour to hear from us positives negatives takeaways and i think one other aspect and maybe this is maybe this is the best place to start football in covid world 2020 i don't know that i well it was different for me I know that it was different for me and I'll get into those differences, but just from your standpoint, what did you think overall about last night and just football in our new world, so to speak? 
Well, I thought the Chiefs did a real nice job hosting the game last night amid the pandemic, right? The fact that they had, I, I don't know what the announced attendance was, Johnny. I didn't get that. 17,000, whatever it was. Uh, it felt loud at times. We were using that crowd noise. So was NBC. We were using the natural crowd noise. Didn't have yeah. to go to a, a, a file, if you will, an audio file, a tape. So that was pretty cool. Uh, as far as, you know, objective football, hosting a game stuff. And it just, it felt like football. It really did. It was sparsely attended, but you knew what you were dealing with. I think the audience, the crowd accepted it. Uh, the people who were there, they got them in and out of there. They were tailgating like nobody's business. I mean, the, the parking lot smelled as good as ever at yeah. Arrowhead. Anybody who's been to Arrowhead knows that, yeah, Houston's got the number one tailgating in the league. There's no doubt we have the you know, we have that rodeo ethic, which really helps out <laughs> the football tailgating, you know? Yeah. And, but there, they are, they are good there. They do a nice job in those parking lots around Arrowhead and Kaufman and that whole facility there, which was an adventure getting out of for us, by the way, since we weren't traveling with the team. That's really? a whole other story. Oh, oh yeah. We might've ended up at a fast food restaurant up the hill uh, <laughs> at around midnight 30. <laughs> Cause that's another thing, Johnny. You know, for people who don't know, after a game, you know, I don't really eat dinner on game day, right? I don't eat yeah. dinner so yeah. uh, for a night game. I'll do the yeah. game, and then I'm starving, and we get on the plane, and we eat, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's, it's a great life, I mean, obviously. Um, and you eat like the average offensive lineman after a game. Well, exactly. last night I was starving, and I was like, I forgot all about dinner, and we were really hungry. And Andre, was, <laughs> Andre suggested, let's get the Uber driver to take us through the drive through And that's oh, no. what we did. The poor Uber driver. <laughs> we're like throwing credit cards at him. And hey, oh, no, get me a large Coke. Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, now get me. Like, <laughs> He's, oh. doing, he's taking our order. We bought him stuff. It, it was okay. Anyway, well, that's good. Uh, yeah, so it was it was an adventure. It was an adventure because that's not something I'd normally be doing is traveling yeah. that way. And I'm not complaining. I thought it was very, very different, very cool. Johnny, just being there was great. Just getting yeah. in there, getting in the stadium, seeing the team warm up. I thought, all right, we're back. We're here. You know, you think about it. You imagine it. It's in your mind before it happens. And then when it happens, you're thinking, okay, we're here. We're going to play football tonight. This is awesome. And obviously the game wasn't awesome, but it was awesome to get the season going to rip off the bandaid and get the season going. And whether you lost 51 to 50 or the way you lost last night, it's a loss. And if you don't correct mistakes, you're dead anyway, right? You got to correct yeah. these mistakes and we'll go over what they were, but that's how I saw it. Uh, you know, we had numerous issues in the booth, as you know, it wasn't the chief's fault by the way, but we, we overcame that. We, we stayed on the air, you know, the show must go on. And, yeah. uh, and it was a thrill to be a part of it once again for us. And, and we hope to bring you many more great games this year wins this year. Uh, not like uh, the performance we saw last night, which I know they would l love to have back, but look, you have 15 left. Let's get it right soon. Yeah. It, no, you, you hit on a number of things. And I, I want to make sure that I say this first, and that is to, to be there last night was an absolute gift that, I mean, it's just, I never thought it was going to happen. I knew my world wow. was changing the day that it, they said, okay, no sideline reporters. Cause now, and now I'm like, all right, well, there are sideline reporters, but you just can't be on the sideline. And I'm like, okay, well then yeah. where am I going to be? And they said, well, we're going to, we're going to have, an area, you know, the, the, the first eight rows of seats are tarped off to keep distance from the fans and the players, et cetera. And that first row is going to be essentially open. And I'm like, okay, that sounds, that sounds good. Like, okay, 
I think that's all mm-hmm. right. So I get there and I realize, like at the fifty-yard line, Michelle Tafoya and NBC have basically put down like a big, massive light uh, light box, and then they've got like this uh, kind of table or something that's basically right the 50 yard line essentially separating the moat as i called it right you can't cross the 50 i can't cross the 50 and i'm like well what am i supposed to do and i i so i asked the security guards i said what am i supposed to do and they're like uh we don't know i'm like so then this other guy comes up walk up the eight rows and go around that way oh yeah well that's fantastic except i've got to walk in between all the chiefs fans uh, yeah, excuse, me, excuse, me, yeah. excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And on top of that, because of the issues we're having, I'm on my phone for three hours holding my phone up to my ear. Sorry. And I'm going in between the Chiefs fans, and Mark, they're heckling the you-know-what out of me. They're like, right. get off the phone, AT&T boy. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just – I'm, and I'm trying to, and so I've got to find a row that has no Chiefs fans in it, and just try and dart down as fast as I can. I got to go over like two sections, get to the other side, and then go down. And so once I navigated that, it was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't too bad. And obviously, if you know things had been you know normal, and it it wouldn't have it, it would have still been problematic. So then, at halftime, it starts to rain. So I want to go in and get my my rain gear but i also want to get the headphones so i'm not holding my phone but then i get the notice to come back out try to test a few things it doesn't work so i got to continue to hold the phone as i go back well the only way to get back to where all of our stuff was the locker room basically the service level i had to go back all the way up the stairs of section whatever 109 all the way up the stairs mind you wearing texan stuff on my own all the way up the stairs, completely and totally heckled by every Chiefs fan as I go. Then I've got to walk the entire concourse through all the fans and then get over to the elevators. And, oh, yeah, that's right. They shut the elevators down after the game for 10 to 15 minutes. So I had to sit outside and wait for the elevator to come before I could even get down. And, you know, typically our postgame process is I go to the locker room. I wait for a player. I wait for OB. I get both of them. I would have never made it for any of it. You know, I would have never made it. I would have been like, they're like, where you been? I'm like, I've been with the Chiefs fans, you know, up in, up in concourse level. Is <laughs> That's where I was. It took that long to get back down. So I know there were things I'm sure that the, the NFL didn't think about. Like, hmm, yeah. that was probably something we didn't think about, um, especially, you know, silent reporters being a Tier 2 guy, which I am. So, you know, I've been around the players. I've been around the team. I flew in a team playing. It just – it made the night really sort of kind of kind of surreal from my from yep. my perspective um and and different but in the end it was it was football um and it was that dadgum chiefs team and that's that's the problem mark i that and i i saw somebody tweet this and i i tend to agree with it and it and it scares me a little bit they said that chiefs team Won thirty-four to twenty. Had thirty-one to seven lead at some point. It played a B-minus game, and still walked out of there with a fourteen-point win over a team that got to the divisional playoff round last year, which being us. And I thought that's that's kind of scary. And I think well, the well, scarier. Hold, hold on, though. 
right, go, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But the scary I got a point on your first point. Mm-hmm. Okay. The scarier thing to me, though, is I think their defense has gotten faster and more athletic. And that's that I think mm-hmm. is what changes things. And obviously we were seeing Chris Jones for the first time because we didn't see him in 2019. And we saw the corner, Legereus Sneed. And I kept chomping at the bit to, to chime in because Legereus Sneed had never played corner in college. He played safety. The Chiefs converted him to corner and they didn't and they didn't have Bashad Breland. And I think Legereus Sneed in game one was as good, if not better, than Breland has ever been in his career. And I think they found a guy that will start for them in round five. So I think their defense is a little faster, a little bit more athletic. So that I said, what do you have to say to that? Well, all right, the B-minus game, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that they played unbelievably great. But I thought that, you know, we always talk about game plan offense. Just the offensive game plan of the Chiefs last night was impressive. They weren't out to win a beauty contest last right. night. Right. They were out to win a football game. And they said, well, you know what they're going to do? The Texans are going to try to take away big plays because we like to make plenty of those, right? Yep. Yep. So let's let's see what we can do about this. Texans like to take away the big play. Well, let's not make the big play. Let's make little plays and plenty of them. And it wasn't exactly like death from a thousand paper cuts, but it was death from a thousand you know, apple knife stabs because <laughs> what Mahomes was doing, he didn't have a pass play longer than 19 yards last night. Think about yeah. this for a moment. Yep. If I tell you going into this game, all right, Mahomes throws for only 211 and he doesn't have a pass play longer than 19 yards. You taking that? Yep. Says Monty Hall, Wayne Brady. Of course you're all taking day, that, every right? Day. All day, every day. Yeah, but they did run the ball very well, but they ran the ball well by spreading it out. We had that next-gen stat last night. Six yeah. in the box. It was like 90-plus yards. Yes. You add more. He doesn't get as many. Okay. But they were spreading the Texans out, and they beautifully designed these rollouts. It's more like sprinting out the way he does it. Yeah. They're not a rollout. He runs out. He runs outside the pocket, plants, throws. Boom. Ball's gone quick. Somebody's open because everybody's moving side to side. And I just thought that was great offense. Or – Little, you know, the spread offense formation, whatever, little thick, uh, uh, quick fake handoff, and then boom, right over the middle, you know, just pop one to Kelsey or whoever. Uh, Sammy Watkins got in there a lot. Look, Tyreek Hill didn't kill them. You know, somebody no. was telling me, well, at least we held Tyreek Hill in check. I'm thinking, yeah, but that they knew that. They, yeah. they, they weren't going to Tyreek Hill because they're like, you know what, we'll go to Watkins, we'll go on all these short passes. Yeah. And, and not short, like two yard passes necessarily, but five, six, seven, 10 yard passes. Drive extenders, you know, they had multiple yeah. drives of of multiple plays where at eight clock and they kind of won the game time of possession wise with a 10 minute differential the way you did it last year in October. I just thought it yes. was a great game plan plan by them. And defensively, you know, they they got after it. No question about it. And they made you one dimensional because you got down and that's what happened. They got the pass yeah. rush cranked up. You bring up you bring up a great point about the offense for, for Kansas City here. Here's. Here's one thing, you know, it's interesting when, when we haven't talked about games a whole heck of a lot, the, the, the machinations of the game itself. So it's 14-7, we get a drive going right before the half, and mm-hmm. we get it down there, and we get it down, I don't know, 33, 34-yard line, but we bog down at that point. Yep. And so Kaimi's got to kick a 51-yarder, doesn't make it, they come down, they make a three on the other side of it. So instead of being 14-10 at half, it's now 17-7. Yeah. 
Then they score on top of that, and it's 24 to 7, instead of at that point being 21 10. And now you get a little bit of a drive going in the second half. Just one drive that puts a fuel up on the board, you're within a score. And so, you know, when they, when they kind of got it, things going a little bit in the fourth quarter, I, I kept thinking they gave up the th- – that's, that's a six-point swing right there. So three you don't get, three they do get. And then when it's 24-7, to Tyron Matthew makes that play against Darren Fells and forces Deshaun to throw the interception – and that turned into a touchdown. So, as I sat there and I, I was kind of thinking about just the whole game itself, you know, on the on the bus ride to the to the plane, I felt like, man, we we didn't play very well. Yet, to beat them, we needed to do. No, we didn't have to be extraordinary, but we had right. to, we had to tackle better, which was going to be difficult because a it's Clyde Edwards-Helaire and b because really. Nobody in the NFL has tackled anybody. But right. because you're facing that guy, who is extremely difficult to tackle, you knew that was going to be an issue. And, and it was. So you had that going, and you just had to get things. You had to get points, but not give you know, that one near the end of the half. I always think about when Kaimi was, was trotting out there. I was kind of like, man, that might be the one that I know – that might be one I punt down inside the five and maybe just live to see. And, and that seems kind of a 51 yarder. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait a second, he should make a 51 yarder. I, I mean, I know it's, you know, it's kind of a wet night and such, but holder snapper, the same. Yeah. And that's one he's made before. We got to get yeah, points before the half. Gonna, yeah. You can't so, assume you're going to miss that. Right. So you got to make that field goal. If you make the field goal, now you kick it off deep to them. Maybe they don't get the field goal at the end of the half. How different a game is it 14-10? Yeah, even they come out and score, it's 21-10, but you're like, hey, 21-10, manageable. 24-7, you're feeling like, man, we're trudging uphill for the whole entire second right. half. You feel like so, it's game, not game over, but close. Yeah, right, right. Now you feel like, man, now three scores, yikes. And the way that Kansas City was controlling the ball, three scores could have felt like you know, maybe even four scores at that particular point. But I said – I said leading up into this one, I had this conversation. In fact, I think you and I probably had this this conversation at some point. Feeling my oats one day, I was kind of like, you know, what, you know, what, what I would do. I would play six or seven defensive backs, and I would dare them to run the ball. I would dare them to run it. And so what do we do? We come out with three safeties and two corners to start the game. And what do they do? They end up running the ball. They run the ball. Mm-hmm. We have four guys down. We have six guys in the box, and they're like, we're going to run the ball. And you have to respect Mahomes being able to pull it, run zone reads, you know, those kind of things. You know, respect him on sprint outs and stuff. But they, so- they sort of took our week six plan and kind of flipped the script on us after they realized, okay, they're not going to give us these deep shots. They're not going to give us the things that we want to take during a game. We have to go get ours in a different way. And so they said, okay, well, we drafted this running back. Let's see what he can do. And the irony of it is the reason they drafted that running back is because he's such a tremendous pass receiver. How many receptions did he have on the night? Goose egg, zero. He didn't no, catch a pass. Yeah, yeah. And, Not one. And you know what? Now I'm wishing that Damian Williams didn't opt out. We thought that might help. I know, I know. But, you know, and, and here's the other thing about this. 
the um, Johnny, it, it's so interesting when you when you look at the trends of the Chiefs. People are thinking, well, the defense. You mentioned the defense last night looked pretty good. And look, who knows? We got to see a, a bigger sample size than that. But the last six games of the regular season, the Chiefs' D was number one, number one in the NFL in points per game allowed, eleven and a half. Chiefs' D last six games, number one in the NFL. Yeah. Now yep. that went kind of under the radar. They got going on D late in the season last year, and this is kind of like the Bill O'Brien thing, like. After Thanksgiving, you know what kind of team you have. And look, around Thanksgiving, they got hot on that side of the football. And in the postseason, they put the brakes on drives when they needed to and three come from behind wins on their way to a Super Bowl trophy. So, look, that D was playing better at the end of last year. They look even better right now. Uh, It was really weird to see what Snead did last night, I know, but he looked pretty good. Texans breaking in new offense. Obviously, the timing, the rhythm is just not there. Now, it started to get there more in the second half, and I know people call that garbage time. But I'll tell you what, Johnny, one thing I was glad about, I mean, relatively, okay, let's let's not throw a parade, but I was thinking at least they're getting in some rhythm. You know, they're playing – you know, the, the game might be over yeah. and, and, you know, maybe get a miracle, but at least they're getting rhythm here. Yeah. They're getting rhythm on offense. They're playing together. They need to play the game a little bit. Some of this is that – so maybe that gets them ready for next week a little bit better because it's another juggernaut you're facing at home. Although what kind of home field advantage is it really? We'll see how that goes. Well, the, you know, you're playing inside, you're playing on your turf. They've got to travel, so they've got to go through all those different protocols. But you bring up yeah. a great point, and, and that is the fact that you have, it, you know, the Chiefs defense, you're right. And it, I was reminded of it because I was sitting in my hotel room on Wednesday night, and I'm watching – the two shows that the NFL Network does, and they're talking to Steve Spagnuolo, and they're talking about that defense, and they said that, yeah, over the last six weeks, they gave up fewer points than anybody in the NFL. And I went, wait, is that true? And I kind of went back, and I looked, and they showed highlights. And then I was like, well, you know, it's the Bears they faced, and they faced – I can't remember who else. But either way, um, you can't take that away from them. They really got in a groove with Spagnuolo's defense – They've got a really good interior player, an excellent interior player, and Chris Jones, who ate our lunch a couple of times one on one. Good, yeah. Chris Clark or Chris Clark, um, Frank Clark on the outside. Who, I, oh. yeah, you know, Frank's a Frank's a good player. I don't know that he, he wrecked the game last. He had a couple moments where he got in there, um, but I thought they had a pretty good plan for how they rushed Deshaun. I thought they did a good job. But the biggest thing I thought that they did, Mark, and we'll talk a little bit more about this about the offense in the in the uh, next segment was they took away our deep shots. They knew that Deshaun wanted to go deep. So they played man, and they made sure that a safety was over the top. They weren't going to allow a corner to be one-on-one without help over the top. And so they played two-man at times. They played even cover one, and the safety would then read Deshaun and then try and fly over there and help over the top. They didn't give us the deep shots. Now, we – could have hit one early on, uh, and I thought that was a really missed opportunity on the very first drive with Snead is cover, and you could tell they were going after Snead when the very first downfield throw. Fuller's, you know, kind of back shoulder throw to Fuller, and that's a catch that Will makes uh, eight out of ten times, and just not able to hang on to it. And you know, who knows if he makes that catch on the first drive? What happens? Got to um, make those catches. It's but the yeah, Chiefs. It, it's it, against no. them. Yes, exactly. Against them, you better make every play to go get a win. Every play. Right. I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's John C. Riley 
talking to Kevin Costner in For Love of the Game when he's throwing the no-hitter. He's like, <laughs> we're going to be awesome for you right now when he's trying to close the game out. You're playing the Chiefs. Everybody's like, we gotta, we're going to be awesome for you, Deshaun. We're going to catch everything, even if it's not quite in the area. And they just couldn't make those plays last night the way they needed to. And, Johnny, the Chiefs are real good. Look, I'm not going to declare them champions, but this is a juggernaut, like I said. This is a team you're going to have to reckon with for a long time. These are the new Patriots, maybe. I mean, this is – and maybe the Patriots are still the Patriots. I don't know. But I have the same terrified feeling in a sports way of when I'm calling a game and it's third down against Mahomes, like, can you yes. just please get off the field? Please, please, please stop him somehow. Please yep. get off the field. And he just one after another converts these, and it's really frustrating to watch. And I know you beat them last year in the regular season. Maybe you'll see them again in the postseason. I really hope we do because that means you've gone deep. And yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with you. Okay, when we get back, our next segment, we're going to talk about each side of the ball. What are the things that we took out offensively? Hit little nugget pieces. What were we happy about? What are some of the things we want to see get a little bit better for the next trip? We will do that next right here in Texans All Access. I'm Bill O'Brien, and you're listening to Texans Radio. For all the latest news and videos on our favorite team, Check out HoustonTexans.com. I'm Wendy Merciless, starting outside linebacker for your Houston Texans. For the latest on your favorite team in mind, go to HoustonTexans.com. Yes, sir. Big thanks to Witt getting us back into the show. All right, Mark Vandermeer there. John Harris here. Mark, let's dive into this part. Yep. I know people saw... 34 to 20 lost to Kansas city. And they're like, Oh man, here we go again. Blah, blah, blah. You walk out of there, lost to the chiefs. There are no good things in a loss. Like I, I, okay. There's a, there's a part of me that understands all of that. There's also a part of me that knows this is 16 game season. It's a very, very long season. And I'm not saying Texas are going 15 and one, but no team has gone 16 and zero and then won a championship. Even the Patriots 2007, they went 16-0. They did not win a championship. So there were some positives to take out of last night. So I want to go through. I want to go through some of those that we saw, and I'll go first, and we'll kind of ping pong back and forth some of those. Okay, I'll go, go first, and I'm going to give you PJ Hall. Yeah, I thought PJ Hall last night played about as well as I can remember seeing him play. And I've said this numerous times. I called his games at Sam Houston State. I called probably about six or seven of them in his last couple of years there at Sam Houston State. And I knew there was something there. In fact, when he was coming out, I was hoping the Texans would take a look. I didn't think he was going to go in the second round. But his athleticism popped off the page. His power showed for sure. His agility, his strength, all those things that we kind of knew he had. Really, when the lights went on, they went up a whole nother notch. And yep. he was tremendous. I mean, obviously, he had the big hit. Um, and whenever he does something kind of in tandem with J.J., I think it's hilarious because his Twitter handle is PJJ Watt. Somebody said he played like J.J. Watt in high school, and so that was what he made his Twitter <laughs> handle. So whenever I, whenever I see that, I think about that. PJJ Watt with the real J.J. Watt. Uh, but I thought P.J. Hall played really, really well. He had that pop on the goal line. He had a couple other times where he dominated guys on the goal line and then would go help on the tackle or make the tackle himself. I thought P.J. Hall was a completely positive surprise. And, and I shouldn't say 
I should say it was surprising, but I think just it was a surprise in that he hadn't had a lot of time in camp because he was kind of ramping up, coming over from the Raiders after being released and the Texans claiming my waivers. So it was kind of taking him a little bit longer in the ramp-up process. But in that final scrimmage, you know, he got in a little bit more and you kind of could see, hey, maybe this thing's coming together a little bit for him. But is that going to warrant getting him some playing time? I think after last night, it sure as heck is going to warrant him getting some playing time up front for sure. So P.J. Hall was definitely one of my surprises, positive surprises from last night. So it can be a positive or it can be a surprise. It's up to you, um, Mark. But that was the one I had. You know, watching him in training camp practice, and when we first got out there, he was still ramping up, right, because he got there later than everybody else. Right, right. um, As far as, you know, his arrival time on Texans campus and after the acquisition. And you didn't know really what you were getting. You know, you knew a lot about him. I mean, you had a lot of things to say about him. But, yeah, I think you worded it well. Lights go on kind of thing. And based on the releases they made, um, the cuts they made on the D-line, you know, when you have no Angelo Blackson and then when you see a guy like Big Z, who's on the practice squad now, but yes. didn't make the 53, we thought maybe he'll make the 53 because they see some things in P.J. Hall. And that was nice to see last night. Let's hope that continues. All right, I'll give you one. I think the obvious one is David Johnson because yeah. David Johnson, we all know the story, right? We all know the story. And he comes <laughs> in here last night and on the opening drive, that first five-yard run, I was like, Okay, okay, good, good. Because what was I saying? Look, I know David Johnson's a great receiver, and I know he right. has had that ability to run between the tackles in the past. But, Johnny, I haven't seen a back with twitch like that in a while around here. And you yeah. know who I'm talking about. And I'm not yep. saying he's him, but yeah. he looks – I mean, this is a really good NFL player, David Johnson. I mean, And obviously he's got to stay healthy. But last night with the over 100 yards of total offense – Nice, positive start for David Johnson. And now I'm worried about Duke because Duke left the game. Yes. And we got to hope that Duke can find his way back out there. And if he doesn't, what are you going to do? Is ProSize coming up off the practice squad? Are they going to – now they signed Scotty to the active roster, right? Yes, yes. So he played last see... night. So, let, yeah. Let, yeah. yeah. Well, let's see what happens there because that was your uh, undrafted rookie back. Do they sign somebody else if Duke is going to be out for a while? We don't know if he's going to be out for a while. Uh, But I didn't like seeing that at all because what did I say all camp? They Mm -hmm. look pretty thin at that position if one of those two guys goes down and then all of a sudden you have a lot of unknowns shoved into the situation. But uh, not to get into all that right now, I thought David Johnson was a big spark last night for your football team. And I'm eager to see this thing develop. You know, this is the first time out for everybody. And again, you didn't play nearly as well as the Chiefs. They're the Chiefs, whatever. We'll see you later, hopefully. Take your situation as it is, and let's hope David Johnson continues to be a factor. I'll give you uh, a a guy that I think is going to continue to be a positive. And when he added, when he said, this was probably about a week ago, he was doing a media session and he talked about gaining 21 pounds in the offseason. I thought, oh, dude, no. Like, you're going to lose your speed. You're going to lose your juice. Like, no. Jacob Martin has evolved into maybe this team's best edge pass rusher. He's been phenomenal. He plays. I I don't. I've tried to think of the right way to put this, Mark, but he plays with this kind of spirit of, like, there's never any give up. And he gets that sack last night and, and beat Mitchell Schwartz to do it. And he gets the sack. 
he plays on special teams, and there was one time where he it, he wasn't going to block the punt, but he got into the backfield enough that he maybe threatened it a little bit and just you know lays out to try and block it. And it's like, golly, this guy does everything. And Clyde Edwards, Hilarious touchdown run, Martin is the last guy diving at him at the goal line, trying to swipe his ankles at the one. There's just a spirit that he plays with that I think this defense can really make use of. And to see him rush the quarterback and to see him still have that juice even with that weight, I think Jacob Martin, to me, again, not a surprise, but I think a positive that can end up being something um, as he continues on. I think I don't think he had a sack in a Kansas City game. But I think he's had a sack in, I want to say, down the stretch of last season. I know he had one in the Buffalo game. It's five and a half in the last five for him. Yeah, that yeah that's what it is. Yeah. So he didn't have so one in the Kansas good. City game, but I think he's had one in every other game, the last, like you said, the last five games. At least so one, yeah. I, he's turned himself into a pretty darn good edge rusher for this team. Yeah, okay, I like turn. that. No, I like that. Definitely like to see what Jacob Martin did last night. I want to see even more of that. All right. Um, you know how it, during training camp shows, I have these awards or designations, the impossible to be ignored designation or the don't forget about me. Well, last night's was not bad for a stranger, and that would go to Eric Murray. Eric Murray, ah, not one. bad for a stranger. Now, we all wish that he made that pick. Now, it wasn't like it hit him in the chest and he was standing straight up kind of uh, not – you know, or a, a lack of an interception. It was diving, rolling, ball didn't, you know, get secured kind of oh. uh, failure at a pick because that would have been a big pick at a big time. But he didn't Game get it. But, he's, but he still made some other plays, Johnny, and I yeah. thought that he showed that, okay, I see why they picked him up. I want to see more. Uh, but this was a, a nice little debut by him. I mean, I hate to say nice little debut by anybody in a defensive performance like that where you give up all those yards on the ground, but – uh, I saw some things from him last night that encouraged me, let's just put it that way, about games to come and as he continues to play with his new teammates. Yeah, I think you're you're right about that. I came out of there thinking the same thing. And he he's going to be – this is what I wrote in Harris Hits. He's probably kicking himself. When he put his head on his pillow, he's probably like, oh, my God, I had a Patrick Mahomes pick. And the thing about it – and Dre, Dre said it perfectly. I couldn't always hear you guys perfectly last night. But Dre and I were looking at the exact same thing on that play. Kelsey was coming on a shallow, wide open. And Mahomes skewed it. He turned it down. He wanted the deeper route. And we had that covered really well. And his receiver sort of stopped on him. And it hits Murray. And I think it was one of those that kind of, you know, they say in baseball, it got up on you so fast. You know, it, kinda, it was almost like it short hopped him. But, I mean, in the air. And he just was unable to get his arms around it. What mm-hmm. if he makes that pick? I mean, that, maybe oh that changes gosh. things. Maybe that, we yeah. get a field goal on that drive, and we go up 10-7. We get a touchdown. We go up 14-7. Instead, they keep that drive going and go up 14-7. Okay, we got a few other things to hit. We got a Methodist Minutes to get on the other side, and I want to talk about a guy that I think if, and we've said this for years, if he stays healthy, he can be that kind of guy, and he showed it last night. Let's talk a little bit about Will Fuller next right here on Texans All Access. If you love podcasts and you love the Texans, you'll love our Texans podcasts. Now available on iTunes and HoustonTexans.com. 
Don't miss a moment of your Houston Texans 365 days a year. Download the Houston Texans mobile app. Yeah, no doubt. Download the mobile app. Are you kidding me? Each and every week, Mark Vandermeer has the fortunate opportunity to catch up with one of the great doctors from the Houston Methodist Minute. Am I correct, Mark? You are correct, Johnny, and and this is good. This is Josh Septimus, a doctor from Houston Methodist, COVID expert, and I asked him what his latest take is on what we're all going through. Well, so I'm glad you're using the Texas Medical Center website because that is a safe, reliable source to get information from that's not inflammatory and that uh, that's consistent. Um, I'm in an extremely optimistic place right now. Um, we see that our number of patients in the hospital is down to fewer than 200 people in the hospital at all of our Houston Methodist hospitals, down from a high of over 700 um, We see that in our area, the test positivity rate, which is one of the major markers, continues to go down. Um, And so I I think if people will continue to social distance, wear masks, and wash their hands regularly, there's a positive outlook for the fall. My my one caveat is I am concerned about what's going to happen after the Labor Day weekend, Um, but, but I remain optimistic. Now, how is the treatment going for COVID-19? What are some of the highlights of what you've learned over the past several months as to how to treat patients to get over it faster? The, the treatment has been revolutionized um, since we saw the horrible pictures out of Italy and Spain and New York. Um, the British put together an unbelievable trial uh, that gave us the dexamethasone uh, data um, we at Houston Methodist, we were the first to use convalescent plasma. Um, I think that that story is still being written, um, but uh, in terms of non-medical uh, therapies, we have something called proning, which has been very, very important, where when people are not getting enough oxygen in their blood, you flip them on their stomachs and have them literally in bed on their stomachs instead of the traditional position on their backs. And very importantly, we're not putting people on ventilators immediately when they start dropping their oxygens. You saw, you know, early on in the epidemic, um, there were ventilator shortages because everyone was getting so low in terms of their blood oxygen levels and immediately being put on a ventilator. And what we found is that that was a mistake, that in fact, it was doing trauma to the lungs. And so the combination of all of those things, along with getting more experience and treating the disease, has really decreased the death rates of patients who are admitted to the hospital. And then we have a number of things on the horizon that are promising in terms of uh, therapies for the disease as well. All right. That's Dr. Josh Septimus from Houston Methodist, Johnny. And the website he was referring to, tmc.edu, that I actually brought up with him, the one he referenced at the start of the interview, uh, based on, the, and I recorded that a couple of days ago, but based on the data, as far as hospitalizations go, 59 new ones yesterday, which is a very low number relatively. I mean, you'd like yep. to see zero, but a very low number. And ICU is pretty much normal from where it would be at any time this time of year in a non-COVID world. So that's pretty good stuff. Houston Methodist, the official health care provider of the Houston Texans, Houston Methodist leading medicine. So there was Houston Methodist Minutes, Johnny.
You know, it's interesting, Mark, because I've, I've thought about that obviously all night about staying staying vigilant because mm-hmm. even though there were limited fans, there were mm-hmm. fans. I mean, everything. Of course, I got to tour. <laughs> I got to tour the concourse at Arrowhead Stadium. I mean, everything yeah. was open. All of their team stores were open. All of their food, uh, you know, stands were open. All of you know, all of that was was open. Um, and so you got this, this, this feeling of, okay, things are cool, man. They're cool. You know, eh, yeah, we got to wear a max, but it, but it's cool. It's not completely gone, but we are definitely headed in the right direction. And we continue to stay vigilant with this thing. And then, you know, hopefully we can get back to whatever, um, our new normal is going to be. Now the Texans new normal is a life without Deandre Hopkins, but Mark, Last night, I felt like, and I know a lot of people were going to make comments about that, about Hop or whatever, and, you know, Hop <laughs> made a tweet and then said later, no, it was because I was on Jimmy Kimmel that I said it. But either way, there were going to be a lot of eyes on what this receiving core did last night, namely Will Fuller. Was he ready for prime time? Was he ready to be the number one guy? One game doesn't tell you that. We've seen Will's ability in the first four years he was here. But last night, I felt like, is he ready to take the mantle? I think he is. It felt like last night he was ready to say, I'm the man. Throw me the ball. And there were a couple times on the field I thought he was kind of demonstrative. Like, get me the ball. Like, let's, let's go. I want the ball. Yep. Like he, it felt a little different last night with Will with the game that he was able to have. Targeted 10 times, 8 catches, 112 yards. He had a long of 31, which came in the fourth quarter. But he also had that one early on that you're like, ah, I wish you would have held on to that. But did you get that same sense from Will last night that I did about just feeling like, yeah, I'm the dude now. I'm going to go make the plays that number 10 used to make. I can make them and then some. Well, haven't we always seen this from him pretty much? I mean, ever since like two, three years ago, you've seen this out of Will Fuller, right? Johnny, when he plays and he's mostly healthy, mostly healthy playing, not like really banged up playing, but mostly healthy when he plays. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. No one can talk me out of that. When Hop was here, Hop knew it because Fuller was drawing double coverage, and that was helping out DeAndre. I mean, Fuller last night was on fire, and it was kind of like a quiet eight for 112, if you will. Johnny, what is the pattern they're running over the middle? I know uh, we don't have much time in this segment, but that's something that you can get into because – that that thing looks available whenever you would like it almost. If you could just hang on a little bit and get the ball over the middle, Fuller's going to be there to catch it. And they were making money off that last night. Yep. Now you wanted to see some other things click, but that was a nice little asset of their attack. Well, the nice thing about it is, is if you got two on the roof, two, two high safeties, which they had, then when you show ball fake to linebacker, to the running back, the linebackers bite. And so you just run to the voided yep. area, and he has basically what he was doing. He was just running a slant behind where those linebackers no were. five-yarder, though. That's some right. yardage. That's good. Yeah, exactly, yeah. because those two have got to respect that. And so the Texans, in some sense, did that. They took what the Chiefs were giving them. They just got to continue to do that, and they will start that against the Ravens next week. Okay, when we get back to start our second hour, we'll do a little Texans audio jukebox for you on Texans All Access. Oh. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610.
I'm Cynthia Nunez-Colbert, President and CEO of Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston. This is our story. Prior to February, Catholic Charities was doing our normal business. I can tell you, every day I know we make a difference. But then came March. We were wondering how we'd make it. We had to look carefully at our budget, at our resources, and thankfully applied for a PPP loan. I'll tell you, it's made all the difference. Thank you, Amogee Bank. Amogee Bank, a division of Zions Bank Corporation, N.A., member FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Texans. Today tastes like game day at home, like assigned couch seating. (laughs) Tastes like coffee table dining and an ice-cold Coke to cool down the heat. It tastes like the game you've waited for all week with friends you've known your whole life. (laughs) Today tastes like watching football is supposed to, and it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola, together tastes better. Teachers and parents, are you looking for educational resources to keep your students engaged at home during this challenging time? The Houston Texans, Toro, and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all the while having some fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the COVID-19 resources page and run your kids through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! My Twitter's blowing up. At Jackbox, when are spicy chicken strips coming back? Those would be amazing right now. You got it. I'm bringing them back today. Get my spicy chicken strips combo back on the menu for only $5.99. Limited time only. Participation may vary. Small drink and small fries. Delivery prices may be higher and subject to fees. My Twitter's blowing up. At Jackbox, when are spicy chicken strips coming back? Those would be amazing right now. You got it. I'm bringing them back today. Get my spicy chicken strips combo back on the menu for only $5.99. Limited time only. Participation may vary. Small drink and small fries. Delivery prices may be higher and subject to fees. Sometimes in business, the unexpected comes calling. But even in, I'm going to say it, unprecedented times. Don't bounce back. Bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig. With the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks. And with security solutions that help keep your connected devices protected. Be fast, be flexible, be ready for what's next, and bounce forward. Help your business to bounce forward with this amazing offer. Get a great price on a powerful and reliable internet solution from Comcast Business. Starting at $64.90 a month for 24 months with a two-year agreement. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to ComcastBusiness.com today to find out more. Restrictions apply. Limited to new Comcast Business 25 megabits per second internet and one voice mobility customers. Early termination fee applies. Equipment, installation, taxes, and fees extra. Subject to change. More Texans radio in spectacular fashion is on the way. Houston Texans Lux is the only membership that gives you unprecedented access to Texans events and connections to the top business professionals in Houston. If suites become available for the 2020 season, be the first to know and sign up for the waitlist at HoustonTexans.com slash suites. In this uncertain environment, you can count on Houston Texans Lux to work for you. Contact us today for more information on Lux memberships. Visit HoustonTexans.com slash suites or call 832-667-2299. 
From kickoff to the two-minute warning, HEV has all you need to make your game day spread a touchdown. For the starting lineup, HEV's freshly made guacamole and salsas are a delicious play. And for meat lovers, HEV Prime One steaks and burgers are a sizzling way to get your grill on. Plus, pick up the extras like HEV's our finest paper towels, Texas tough trash bags, and foil. From food to snacks to defensive sacks, home gating is a win with HEV. What makes Ford F-Series the best in Texas? Just listen to the folks who drive them. Ford is by far ahead of any other competitor out there. The technology that they put in the trucks, it's incredible. I love it as a family vehicle. I love the size and the space for my daughter. If you want reliable, dependable, and a good-looking truck, Ford's the way to go. I want to drive the leader. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling trucks and the best in Texas. Ford is the best in Texas. Ashley Home Store is proud to call Houston home. We believe your personal style makes your house a home. Discover incredible styles, selection, and quality at a price to fit any budget. Ashley Home Store has just the looks and options you need. Explore totally different styles and trends all in one place. Finding the perfect furniture and home decor makes it easy for you to create a home you love to live in. We have 12 Houston area locations to serve you. Ashley Home Store, proud partner of the Houston Texans. To a child, time spent outside is never a waste. Play is a job and a serious one at that. And each day is a new opportunity for adventure. At Texas Children's Hospital, we're all about happy, healthy kids. And as the official children's hospital of the Houston Texans and local sponsor of Play 60, we join our hometown team in hoping that in your house, play never goes out of style. The tradition of postseason college football continues deep in the heart of Houston with a 2020 Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium as the Big 12 takes on the SEC. Be a part of the electric atmosphere and unique bowl week events celebrating everything Houston has to offer. Sign up for the wait list today at thetexasbowl.com to get exclusive pre-sale access, the latest event updates, ticket deals, and more. That's thetexasbowl.com. Flips the ball, diving for the pylon, and he's got it! Razzle-dazzle! Touchdown, Houston! And the Texans go in front! Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy, and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Ball is out, and the Texans say they have it, and they do! Now, it's Texans All Access. All right, let's kick off this second hour of the show. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter. And boy, on Friday night, or Friday night, Thursday night, whew, sideline reporter takes on a whole, whole different meaning uh, during COVID. I should call it moat reporting. Although, my view was, was pretty good. I didn't mind my view too much. It was kind of navigating all that. And we talked about that in the uh, first hour of the show. So I don't want to belabor that issue at all, because I've already talked about that and kind of vented a little bit on that. So let's jump right in to a little Texans audio jukebox. Yes, is one of my favorite segments that we do. And one of the first guys to speak was Justin Reed, and he talked about having some issues defending the run. You know, every team in the league, um, 
hasn't had the opportunity to have those pregame seasons. I haven't had the opportunity to go live. Um, most important thing is the health of the team. So we're just trying to keep guys healthy. And I'm sure as the season goes on, we have more opportunities at live play, then the tackling will get better. Um, we just didn't have the opportunity for those preseason games to iron out some of those. And you've seen it show up today. And like I said, just plainly and simply, we got to be better in the run game. We got to be more physical. We got to stop the run. Yeah, of course, we knew this going in that this was going to be a really tough situation for the Texans as it pertains to tackling. No team in the league did full-on tackling. And I know people will say, well, what about the Chiefs? Well, wasn't it the Chiefs were great tackling out in space either? I mean, look at the tackling from the Chiefs corner, Legereus Sneed on David Johnson's touchdown run. But the other aspect of it is you faced a guy like Clyde edwards Lair, and in facing a guy like that, he's so difficult to tackle. And I will say this till I'm blue in the face. I know so much is made about, you know, big, big running backs. Yeah, obviously David Johnson. And David Johnson is a physically imposing dude. But you face a short, stocky, tough, quick running back. That is a defender. That's a defender's nightmare. Nightmare. My senior year in college, we had a young man come from San Jose State. Or from San Jose. His name was Marquise Jesse. And I'll never forget meeting him. He was a freshman. It was the first year that freshmen were eligible. And in, in the Ivy League, they weren't eligible up until that point, but that year they were. And we were, it was one of our final scrimmages. And he got some, he finally got some reps with the ones or the twos. And I was back there at safety. And so ran maybe a zone play and I was trying to like track it. And um, I couldn't see him. And then all of a sudden he popped out of the pile and I just whiffed. And my coach just went nuts on me. And I'm like, coach, I couldn't. I couldn't freaking see him. And that's kind of the way Clyde edwards Lair is. And because he's so strong, he just gets up on you so fast. So I knew it was going to be tough defending the run last night. But that's something that, man, really, really tricky to face. And J.J. Watt also talked about him in the postgame. Played a good football game. Absolutely. Played a good football game. Uh, we have to do better. Uh, we have to play our assignments better, myself included. We have to tackle better. Um, we have to do a better job of making it more difficult, um, but you also have to give credit. He played a good football game. I think J.J. hit on it perfectly. They have got to play better. It's a tough, tough guy to try and face, but the fact that it's maybe the shortest running back they faced, I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, J.J. gave credit to him. Look, he, he, did, he did well. He did well, but they've got to do a better job. There were a number of times, and I, I don't know what the yards after contact were. It wasn't always that way. There wasn't, he did have a couple of seams a few times, but man, there were a few times where he had to just pop through and and, and the Texans were just not in the right gaps, but there were a number of times he just slipped tackles, just bounced off guys because that's, that's what he is. He just bounces off guys and bounces off them easily and quickly. And that's, eh, I mean, that's, that's tough. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when you face uh, a guy like that? All right. One of the biggest moves we all know in the offseason, DeAndre Hopkins traded to the Cardinals for a second-round pick and David Johnson. I thought David played very, very well. Here is what Coach Bill O'Brien had to say, uh, how he thought David Johnson played in his debut. Uh, you know, just from the sideline without watching the tape, I thought he played well. He ran hard. Um, 
You know, he's a he's a good player. He's a very good player, and he did a lot of things well. A lot of things we can build on. He ran the ball. He caught passes out of the backfield, and thought he did a lot of things well. So there's a lot to build on there. Can't disagree with anything Coach had to say. You build on that. You you give him a few more touches. You add to it. I think one of the things we've got to keep an eye on over the next um, I don't know 48 to 72 hours is if the Texans make any moves. From a running back perspective, you know, last night about, oh man, it was probably 6 o'clock, maybe 6.15, got an email with a press release saying, you know, uh, from our PR department that said the Texans activated Scotty Phillips to the active roster. And I thought, man, okay, does that mean that he's playing? Because they had already sent out the inactive. So I guess it was a little after 6. And I thought, well, they sent out the inactives. He's not on the inactive list. So is he playing tonight? Is he suited up? And indeed he was. Scotty Phillips, our version of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, obviously not as productive as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but a very similarly built sort of running back, thick, low to the ground. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a little little twitchier than Scotty Phillips is. But this could be a great opportunity for Scotty Phillips finding himself where Duke Johnson's banged up, and I just know it was a leg. That's all it was. I saw Duke with ice on it last night, and hopefully he's going to be okay by the time we play the Baltimore Ravens because he is so vital to this offense. But what do the Texans do at running back? I think Scotty Phillips could be a guy that gets some run. Buddy Howell is a guy that's been here for a few years. So we'll see what the Texans end up doing, but David Johnson, you know, is going to have to carry the load with Duke Johnson uh, potentially banged up. We'll see. That's one injury that we've got to keep an eye on. But Scotty Phillips is a guy that when I saw him play as a junior, he's a junior college, chan- junior college transfer, and I saw him play live against Texas Tech. Now, that defense in Texas Tech in 2018 was abysmal. It was not good. But Scotty showed a lot of the same things that we saw from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that day. He ran for over 200 yards. Um, I think it was the best game he'd ever had was in Energy Stadium. So, fitting that he comes back to NRG Stadium, put on the 53-man roster, and hopefully he's going to be there to stay because I think given some opportunity, he might be a fun guy to watch. Now, a guy that we all know is fun to watch is a guy by the name of Deshaun Watson. He, of course, was asked right out of the shoot. So how do you think you played? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was sharp. You know, I took what the defense gave me. Um, they, they took away a lot of the deep shots and tried to get my guys, you know, some opportunities to make plays and, you know, and, and sometimes we capitalized and we, and sometimes we didn't. So we just got to continue to grow from there. And um, I did what I needed to do to try to, you know, stay as close as possible and, and, and keep this uh, team in, in the, in the lead uh, or in reach to, you know, try to win the game. Yeah. I think Deshaun captured his night fairly well, hundred percent on point there. He didn't get a lot of great help throwing the football he did not have a ton of time to sit in the pocket and throw the Chiefs threw a a couple of different things at him and then I'll be honest the Chiefs up front a guy that I was worried about was Chris Jones and when Chris Jones was one-on-one he won and that's that wasn't great and that that had Deshaun on the move very very quickly a few times and I think that really was disruptive in the second quarter in particular. And then in the third quarter, there just was no rhythm. There was nothing. And then finally in the fourth quarter, they started 
The one thing that I said in my, my observations, my Harris hits is it felt like in the fourth quarter, yes, okay, say it's garbage time, whatever the case might be, but it felt like everything sped up. Everything they were doing was sped up. And from that perspective, it felt like things were, went smoother and they were doing more. It was, they, they were playing. They're playing ball. You know what I mean? It, it just it didn't feel like it was kind of you know, drudgery. It was like slow. And everything seemingly before that was kind of slow. But uh, pass protection wasn't great all night long in front of Deshaun. Um, they still had some communication issues getting the snap off on time. And then that remains an issue. And look, it's the first game. But those guys have been together for a while. And that's got to get corrected. But the Chiefs did a great job of playing a guy over the top, whether it's playing two-man, um, giving the corner some help. You know, Bashad Breeland was not going to play. So they entrusted that corner spot to a rookie, Legereus Sneed. And, add, I don't know, insult to injury, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Legereus Sneed never played corner. He played safety in college. They were transitioning to corner. But you could see the athleticism. And you could tell the Texans were going after him. And on, I think the first throw Deshaun had of the night, he threw back shoulder to Will on the Chiefs' sideline. And Will not able to hang on to it. If that's a ball that, that Will has become more accustomed to catching, he catches that. Who knows what happens at that point? But he did. And that ended up being a problem in and of itself. So uh, I thought Deshaun probably encapsulated his night really, really well. But he was also asked, his thoughts on the offense. Here's what DW4 had to say about that. Uh, we just got to get guys healthy, get guys, you know, back in, uh, you know, just kind of that rhythm and chemistry, first live action uh, with some new pieces. So, you know, we just got to continue to just keep growing and keep learning and watch the film, uh, correct the mistakes, and just get ready for next week. But uh, those guys are coming. I think when we're talking about a fine-tuned machine, and I talked about this before the game, when you're talking about a fine-tuned offensive machine, that thing has got – to grind year after year, week after week after week, year after year, together, together. When you look on the other side of, of, of the field and you see Patrick Mahomes, he's been with Kelsey, Hill, Watkins, Hardman, and uh, whoever else they've got out there at receiver. Demarcus Robinson, yeah, Demarcus Robinson. Boy, he had, a, he had a night to forget early, but then remember, you see those guys have been together, man. That machine has just been rolling and churning together. For a while, especially Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek, those three have been together for a while. Well, on our side, you've got Will Fuller with Deshaun. That's it. Cook's new. Cobb new. You know, even the, the tight ends are relatively still new. David Johnson new. So there's still a lot of newness that you've got to kind of shake all that, that rust off and really kind of get a rhythm together. And because guys have been banged up in camp, namely Brandon Cook's, you haven't had an opportunity to put it all together and practice week after week after week after week to see what that offense can be. But on the other side, the Chiefs have been able to do that. And of course, they're led by signal caller Patrick Mahomes. Here's what J.J. Watt had to say about facing the Chiefs MVP signal caller. Yeah, it's very frustrating as a pass rusher. You can win clean around the edge and still doesn't matter. The ball's gone. Uh, and that, that does get frustrating, obviously, but that's also part of what makes him great. He knows the defenses. He knows his offense. You know where guys are going to be, and you can find the open guy very quickly. You can process that information fast. So you have to do uh, as good of a job you can as trying to get him off of his game. Um, I mean, there's a reason that the guy um, 
has the accolades and the money that he does because of the way he plays. Now, that's our job to make it much, much more difficult on him. Um, but you also have to give him credit. Now, I haven't gone back and watched the film on this one yet, but I know there were a couple times when it felt like J.J. was just about to get there for a sack, and then Mahomes would kind of fade away and maybe sling one, kind of sidearm one. I mean, that's just what he can do. It's so frustrating to face a guy like that. And, and look, we know that. Other teams have to face Deshaun Watson. How frustrating is it to have two, three guys car crashing too many bounces off him and makes a superhuman play? So, look, we all sort of know what it's like on the other side, but Mahomes... Just a little bit different. Of course, with all those weapons, they're all in sync and what they're able to do. He was getting rid of the ball very, very quickly last night. That pass rush really didn't have a lot of time to get there when they did have to take a full-on three-step, five-step drop from gun and hold it for a little bit. Jacob Martin got there. They got a little pressure on him. But at that point, the Chiefs knew, look, we're not going to sit back in the pocket. We're just going to get it out to our weapons and let them go make plays. And that's what they were able to do. Okay. Let's cut Texas audio jukebox right there. And on the other side, let's hear a little bit more sound. Let's hear from Charles Amenahu, who caught up with DP Sidhu earlier last week. It's a fun interview with Chuck. We'll have that for you next on Texas All Access. Texans All Access continues in a moment. Love getting prices that are lower than low on backyard favorites like grill-ready hamburgers and fresh-picked strawberries? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, plus rewards like fuel points, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What do you call a group of friends who spend every Sunday huddled around the TV for hours, wearing horns on their heads and blue and red paint on their faces, jumping with a Miller Lite in one hand and a hot barbecue short rib in the other, while proudly chanting, we are Texans. You call it Miller time in Houston. Here's to the Texans. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 25 years, huh, that's a quarter century, or 300 months, or 9,125 days, or 175 years, dear dog. Now, for something to be around that long, that's impressive. And that's what Chevron with Tecron is. Impressive, because it delivers unbeatable cleaning power and unbeatable gas mileage. Plus, as always, Tecron is in every grade, every gallon. Chevron with Tecron, celebrating 25 years of clean. Care for your car. My Twitter's blowing up at Jackbox. When are spicy chicken strips coming back? Those would be amazing right now. You got it. I'm bringing them back today. Get my spicy chicken strips combo back on the menu for only $5.99. Limited time only. Participation may vary. Small drink and small fries. Delivery prices may be higher and subject to fees. My Twitter's blowing up at Jackbox. When are spicy chicken strips coming back? Those would be amazing right now. You got it. I'm bringing them back today. Get my spicy chicken strips combo back on the menu for only $5.99. Limited time only. Participation may vary. Small drink and small fries. Delivery prices may be higher and subject to fees. The Houston Texans scratch ticket from the Texas Lottery is your ticket for a chance to win up to $100,000. And it's your opportunity to enter promotional drawings for a chance to win an away game trip on a private plane, VIP season tickets, luxury suite tickets to a home game, and more. So get your Houston Texans scratch ticket today. Houston NFL Holdings LP, all rights reserved. For detailed game odds and information, visit txlottery.org or call 800-375-6886. Must be 18 or older to purchase a ticket or enter a promotional second chance drawing. Play responsibly. 
This is Texans Radio. At NFL Network, we're here for Thursday and the Battle of the Buckeye State. I woke up feeling dangerous. We're here for number one pick against number one pick. For AJ and OBJ. I mean, how good is that? For warp speed and sheer power. Caught by Lynn. What a catch. For an old rivalry in a new era. We're here for Thursday. Bengals, Browns, Thursday night football. Thursday at 8, only on NFL Network. It's Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale. Hurry in and save up to $500 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 or more. And save up to 50% on select mattresses from our top-rated brands, like Sealy and more. Shop in-store, online, or by phone today. Don't wait. Only at Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. Some products only available online. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com sale. Hey, parents and teachers. We know teaching kids at home can be hard, and teaching math can be even harder. Well, Schlumberger and the Houston Texans are here to make math fun with the Texans Stats Challenge. Get your student in the game with worksheets, videos, tips, and more to make math fun using the game of football, all for free. The Stats Challenge, presented by Schlumberger, is designed for sixth grade students and covers a variety of math topics. Find the Stats Challenge and other great resources as we continue to huddle at home at HoustonTexans.com community. Hey, Texans fans, Drew Doherty here. Are you looking for a new home? First Community Credit Union has everything from purchase loans to construction loans, VA loans, and more. With our competitive rates, low to no closing costs, and rate match guarantee, FCCU can help you navigate home ownership. Discover your options at FCCU and get pre-approved today at FCCU.org forward slash home loans. First Community Credit Union is the official credit union of the Houston Texans. First Community Credit Union is an equal housing opportunity lender. Last night, the Chiefs offense picked up where they left off. There's nobody that can drop it in as well as Patrick Mahomes. The Texans defense couldn't stop the usual suspects. Or the new one. Edward Dallaire is alarmingly good. New defensive coordinator Anthony Weaver has his work cut out for him. With Lamar Jackson up next. Insider Access. Exclusive content. Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. Play here. I'm Whitney Merciless. Don't get blindsided like some of the quarterbacks I face. For the latest news and exclusive interviews, download the Houston Texans mobile app and listen to Texans Radio. All right, let's get this second hour going to Texans All Access on this Friday evening. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter. And big thanks to Mark for joining in the first hour. And now we turn it over to our Deep Slant interview of the week presented by Xfinity. And DP City had a chance to catch up with Charles Omenahu, who started for the first time, I think it was the first time in his career, on Thursday night when he started. Uh, and he's made a ton of progress in this preseason. So I know Thursday was a tough night for a lot of people uh, on the defensive side of the ball and tough for a lot of people wearing Texans logos in Kansas City. Either way, Charles Amenahu is a guy that's going to factor largely in this season. And here's hoping everything gets going week two against Baltimore, and he's going to be a big reason why. If I always listen to Charles' interviews, very intrigued because this guy is an excellent, excellent interview. He um, spent time at one of the radio stations I do a lot of work with in Austin, 1049 The Horn. 
uh, interning with the guys there that I uh, think it was Chad Hastings, who I've done many, many shows in my time with. So Charles knows how to work the microphone, and he's got a really good career in radio and TV when he's done. So hopefully he continues to play football for a very, very long time before taking any of our jobs in radio. So here's DB Sidhu with Charles Amenehu. Joining me today on the Deep Slant presented by Xfinity one-on-one, we've got defensive end Charles Amenehu. Charles, how's it going? You finally got to put on the pads. What's it been like for you? Uh, it's been good. Um, coming into my second year, uh, kind of understanding how things go. Um, it's just getting yourself back in motion, getting your technique right, um, going against a guy that's just as formal as you. And um, that's been the biggest thing for me is just seeing how I do again um, against guys and um, perfecting my technique and trying to tweak the little things here and there that I need to do to be ready for the game. I mean, you talked about your off season a lot. There were a lot of changes that you wanted to make. Walk me through what that process was like. What, what were your off season goals? How did you go about accomplishing them? And, and how much did the pandemic affect the plans that you had for yourself? Yeah, so my offseason goals were really just to kind of self-reflect on last year. Um, had a lot of opportunities that I kind of missed as far as sex. So I wanted to see what it was, what the reasoning was. And uh, with doing that, I've really seen a lot of my technique. So I want I try I try to figure out a way how can I perfect my technique and um, good things happen when you just kind of like put your head down want to work at it and do you wear in the hit me up and so we had linked up on, and did that and then I wanted to really change up my body um, gain a little weight but still maintain the quickness and explosion the first step that I have and um, I did that again I got up to a good weight um, felt like I kept my athleticism and got stronger and uh, the pandemic really helps because it gave me more time um, as far as the weight part of it, to get my weight right, get as strong as I've probably ever been. I think the highest I ever got was like 288. Um, I'm at like 284, 285 right now. And then just have really, a lot, uh, wish I had more time to work on my technique stuff with Beware, but the time that we did have um, definitely helped me with just forming an idea of how I should be right out the gate this year, other than learning on the fly like I was doing last year. I saw all the social media posts, you and DeMarcus Ware, Cowboys all-time sack leader. You got to work out with him and pick his brain a little bit. What, what was your biggest takeaway after working with Ware? What did, what did you really gain from him? Um, I just gained a, a more efficient way of doing things um, with my hands. Um, kind of just uh, a, a, broad, a, a bigger look at how to pass rush from anywhere on the, on the D-line. Um, he was, even though he was primarily edge rusher, he was helping, he was, Help, he was helping me really rush the center and the guards with what I'm going to be doing this year. And he was able to break it down in a way where I know what my strengths are. I know what my, my, what my go-to should be and um, how to perfect those things in a more efficient way than I was doing last year. All right. So outside linebackers, coach Chris Rumpf and you share a connection because he recruited you, he said, to Texas when he was yeah. still there with mm -hmm. the team. And he said he's so impressed by how much you've changed since he saw you back when you were coming out of high school. The yeah. one thing he said about you was that you had a why, that you really had a chip on your shoulder. Where, where does yeah. that come from, the chip on your shoulder? Um, it really just comes from being told that you couldn't a lot of times. And then um, 
the fun part is, is, is kind of proving everybody wrong. So um, I've kind of kept that as a thing for me, even being in the league, just uh, things personally, why I am the way I am, why I think the way I do and work the way I do. So yes, I've always been like that even when he was recruiting me in high school um, and it's carried me this far. All right, what about Anthony Weaver, your first defensive line coach? Now he's the defensive coordinator. How excited are you about uh, the changes and the new wrinkles that he brings to the 2020 Texans defense? Um, I mean, a lot of stuff has been is, is the same so far. Um, nothing really crazy that we've changed. Uh, but I mean, definitely Weave just brings a, a, um, an imagination that uh, we all been looking for, I think. Um, different way of looking at things, doing things, but a lot of it's been the same. Haven't really touched too much and doing too many different things. So we're just going day by day, step by step. All right, you spent your off season obviously in Texas, mm -hmm. as most of us did who are native to Texas and, and couldn't mm -hmm. leave. Since you're from Houston and, and you're familiar with Austin, what's your favorite place to staycation or be quarantined in Texas? Oh, wow. Um, probably Austin. Uh, I just know a lot of people Choice. over there. Yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of people over there, very well connected in Austin. Just it's where I went to college at. So I always have good memories there, fun time. And so Austin's really where I really stay in the offseason, to be honest. All right, good stuff. Best of luck this season. Charles Amenahu on the one on one deep slant presented by Xfinity. Charles, great to see you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. All right, there you have it. A little Charles Amenahu with DP Sidhu. And I think he's got it right. Austin's a pretty good place to be uh, during a quarantine. I mean, obviously, we were stuck here in Houston. But my wife and I and our, my family, dogs, everybody, actually, we got quarantined down in Dallas in the first few weeks of quarantine. And we loved it. It was it, We were right there on the beach. So much smaller place. So we were kind of all right on top of each other. But we had the beach there to... Uh, get out on so that to me i'm a little biased about that but uh good stuff there from charles amenahu a guy uh, who amongst a few others have got to take their games up but you could tell last night there was one play in particular last night that i went back and i watched i was trying to find it on the broadcast i couldn't exactly saw it, find it on the broadcast but i saw it happen in the the heart of the game and it's always kind of frustrating when I see it because I'm like, I want to see a replay of it. And it sort of happened on the backside of the play, but the backside of the play was towards where I was. Now, I was in my, I was in my moat, <laughs> which is a long story that you don't want any part of hearing about. But either way, I, so I was on the Texas sideline. And I think one of the things on the defensive line, I think it takes a little while to try and figure out how to play alongside J.J. And I think Charles kind of learned that on one of the plays last night. There was a run play, and J.J. tried to go one way. You know, J.J. did the one thing he does a lot of times. He will sort of slip a block the other way than what you would expect from him. So if the play is all going, say it's a run play to the left. JJ sometimes will go to his left, swim around the guard or tackle or whomever, and then just sprint down the line and make the play. He's, he's famous for doing that. 
Well, when he did that, he ran right into Chuck. And so the one thing over the years, and, and I've, I've heard the various levels of mic'd up and NFL films on our uh, sideline. I've heard coaches talking to players. I've heard Anthony Weaver talk to the players. I've heard Mike Vrabel talk to the players about knowing and playing off of what kind of J.J. does. And sometimes when you're not accustomed to playing next to him, that's something that you have to get accustomed to. And I think Charles found that out um, last night. Um, and I think that'll get better. I think up front, that'll, that'll get better. I thought when it comes to the defensive line, I mentioned this a little bit earlier in the first hour. I thought there were some pleasant surprises, especially P.J. Hall. I thought P.J. played actually very, very well. He made the big hit down on the goal line. He had a couple other times where he was rock solid down on the goal line. And the one thing that you don't get a lot of you know, opportunities in the uh, training camp is to run a full-fledged goal line 11-on-11. Uh, You'll do it maybe once. You don't want to take too many opportunities because – it can get brutal down there. And so you don't want to do it too often. But there were a couple of really nice plays. I think I, there were three of them that I can visualize where P.J. was very, very difficult to block in those situations. He had to play out in the middle of the field. I think P.J. Hall is going to earn himself some playing time on this defense. Um, to me, there's no question about that. I mean, the athleticism, the twitch, the power, you see all that, the versatility. I mean, he's built like a tank. So it's just a matter of, I think, get, getting his confidence back. I think, you know, being waived by the Raiders, I think, really probably got his confidence. You know, uh, during quarantine, uh, I think he put on some weight he didn't need to. I think the Raiders releasing him maybe got his attention coming to Houston. You know, hopefully he kind of woke him up a little bit, got himself in shape. And that last scrimmage of the year really kind of, I think, that's when P.J. started making some plays. Like, hey, man, I th- this guy can play a little bit. I think he showed last night, not only he can play a little bit, I think he can play a lot. So now it's a matter of just taking that up and the Texans relying on that week in and week out. So uh, I thought P.J. Hall played played pretty well up front. Jacob Martin is a house of fire, and I think he's going to continue to get better and better and better. Last night, the Chiefs just didn't hold the ball long. They just did not let Patrick Mahomes sit in the pocket and throw the football. And when he did early on, here he I mean, Jacob Martin came around the edge like a shot. I mean, he beat Mitchell Schwartz really badly, which is surprising because Mitchell Schwartz is one of the best right tackles in the business. But Jacob is so fast, so quick, and so awkward in some sense that it makes it really difficult to block him. But Patrick just didn't hold the ball the rest of the night. He just was spitting it out really quickly. His time to throw was like 2.39, which is almost, I think that's a Mahomes record. He never has a time to throw of that short ever. Um, and then he just kind of took the short stuff the Texans were giving um, all night long. So, uh, you know, Jacob Martin doing some good things. P.J. Hall doing some good things up front. Uh, and now it's time for the rest of the gang up front to really get things cranked up as we get ready for whoo, one of the bigger tests of the entire year, week two, Baltimore Ravens. And it's time, baby. Here we go. Okay. Speaking of the Ravens, they got an opener this weekend. How are they going to do? Well, I've got predictions for every other game starting Sunday through Monday next. I do it every year. I make predictions straight up and against the spread. Let's kick the 2020 season off with it next on Texans All Access. This is Whitney Merciless, and you're listening to Texans Radio. 
Don't touch that dial. Or else. With Houston Methodist Virtual Urgent Care, you can skip the drive and the waiting room and connect to our board-certified providers from your computer, tablet, or mobile phone. Virtual urgent care visits are available 24-7, no appointment needed, even on weekends and holidays. Now you can get the same trusted care you expect from Houston Methodist, wherever you are, whenever you need us. To learn more, visit HoustonMethodist.org. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. August, Houston Texans Star of Courage Award, presented by Apache, will be presented to AEMT Raven Hernandez. Hernandez is a single mother who decided to return to school to become a first responder. She works in a small town and is setting a great example that hard work and determination can get the job done. Currently, she is serving in her community as a COVID-19 tracer, helping manage all of the current cases in her county and doing an amazing job. The Houston Texans and Apache would like to congratulate her for being our August Star of Courage Award recipient. Another hot day in Houston as this game gets underway. Here's the kickoff, caught by Dykin. They're really stepping it up for Houston, Jim. Like all that financial assistance they gave for Hurricane Harvey relief efforts. Yeah, Steve, they gained a lot of yardage on that one. Here's the snap. Oh, and look at that donation to Habitat for Humanity. Did you see all those AC units they provided for low-income housing? These guys would be on fire if they weren't so cool. Dykin is definitely Houston's biggest fan. They're taking this Houston team right into the comfort zone. The first day of owning a new car is amazing. Fast forward to day 90, and if you own a Hyundai Tucson, it's still just as amazing. Which is why J.D. Power ranked it number one in initial quality amongst all 2020 compact SUVs. The Hyundai Tucson, a great deal more than just a great deal. Now get 0% APR for up to 72 months on the Tucson. Hurry to your Houston Hyundai dealer. For well-qualified buyers only, offers end 916 Call 469-613-0227 for complete details. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, go to jdpower.com awards. The Texans' defense couldn't stop the rushing attack in Kansas City. The run defense is alarming and it's inexcusable. And up next is Baltimore, who led the league in rushing last year. The Chiefs did a lot of things to the Texans that I'm guessing the Ravens are licking their chops to do to the Texans. Can the Texans make the adjustments needed? we got a long way to go here, obviously, and we have to improve very quickly. Insider Access, exclusive content, Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. Touchdown, Houston. This is Texans Radio. Red Diamond knows perfect's not easy. Our karaoke skills, at least we have our day jobs. Our family photo, take number 82. Even our radio commercial has the occasional glitch. So we'll stick to what we have perfected, our Red Diamond tea. No shortcuts, no concentrates. Perfectly crafted from actual tea leaves and water. After all, at Red Diamond, we think tea should taste like, well... Tea. Red Diamond. We're perfect at tea. This is a Crown Royal water break. Reminding you to stay hydrated and stay royal. No one wants to be that guy on game day, so take a water break and moderate your drinking to be the best fan you can be. Because the key to victory is making it to the finish line. That was a Crown Royal water break. Stay hydrated and stay royal. Please drink responsibly. Crown Royal blended Canadian whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume. The Crown Royal Company, New York, New York.
Hey, Houston, this is Keith here from Papa John's Pizza. And did you know that I am the number one Texans fan in the city? Well, probably one of many. But you know what? We've been a sponsor of the Houston Texans now for almost 20 years. The official pizza of the Houston Texans is Papa John's. And now when the Texans win, and they will, the very next day, order pizzas and you'll get half off. That's right, 50% off your pizza order the day after the Texans win. So come on, Texans, win a lot. Better ingredients, better pizza, the best football, Papa Papa John's Houston. Welcome to Louisiana's largest casino resort. Come to Cachata Casino Resort and play the largest gaming floor in the Lake Charles area with thousands of the newest, most exciting slots, over 65 table games, live bingo and off-track betting, plus beautiful hotels, award-winning cuisine, and the number one rated golf course in Louisiana. Experience good old Louisiana hospitality Cachata style at Cachata Casino Resort, Louisiana's best bet. The tradition of postseason college football continues deep in the heart of Houston with a 2020 Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium as the Big 12 takes on the SEC. Be a part of the electric atmosphere and unique bowl week events celebrating everything Houston has to offer. Sign up for the wait list today at thetexasbowl.com to get exclusive pre-sale access, the latest event updates, ticket deals, and more. That's thetexasbowl.com. Fear of missing out is a real thing. Don't have FOMO when it comes to your favorite team? Follow the Houston Texans on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Welcome back to our final segment of Texans All Access on this Friday evening. I am your host, John Harris, and this is one of my favorite segments of the entire week to do. It's time for predictions, baby. That's right. Get fired up. Okay. This weekend, there are 15 more games happening in the NFL. Now, I picked them straight up and against the spread. All of them. All all of them. Unfortunately, I'm 0-2 because I picked the Texans to win and to cover last night against the Chiefs, and that, unfortunately, did not happen. I'm still a little hurt over that situation, if you will. Now... I do this every year. My record is probably about 87% giving you winners. But I will try to improve on that this week, this, this year. Not just this week, but this year. So, let's get it going. But, you know if you've listened to this show before, you know what I need. You know what I need. Give it to me. Oh, the sweet nectar of the NFL Films Radio Gods. Yes. All right. Here we go. Let's get this thing cranked up and start in the ATL. The Seattle Seahawks. Okay, now all these teams are 0-0. Haven't played another opponent, so I don't have to give you the record. A lot of times I give you the record. I don't have to because there's no record. But the Seahawks are traveling to Atlanta to play a 9 o'clock a.m. body clock game against the Falcons. I always hate these games for teams from the West Coast. I don't mind them in the opener. I mean, it's the first time that they're seeing another team, but it does it take them a little time to wake up? I just don't know if I trust Seattle this year. But they have Russell Wilson. And at that point, what else more do I need? The Falcons will come in with a healthy Matt Ryan, a healthy Julio Jones. And it probably will be the only time 
that Julio Jones is healthy all year, 100% healthy, because after this game, something will be banged up, and he'll end up having an issue, but he'll make it through this game relatively healthy. I do think this is a, is a pretty close ball game, but in the end, Atlanta's just not a great football team at this point. I don't think Seattle is either, but Seattle has Russell Wilson. I trust Russell Wilson a little bit more than I trust Matt Ryan. I think Jamal Adams makes a big play for the Seahawks in his debut in Seattle. How the Seahawks going to get pressure to quarterback? Well, it's going to be a big question. But how are the Falcons going to get pressure on Russell Wilson? That's an even bigger question. So let's go Seahawks as a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Let's lay it, and let's take the Seahawks to cover that two-and-a-half and get a win outright. Jets and Bills. Battle of New York State. This will take place in Orchard Park. My buddy Sal Capaccio there I know is ready for some football. And the Bills are six and a half point favorites. Now, I think it was last year. I think it was last year where the Bills started off the season in a big hole against the Jets. Got out of it and got a win to kick off the year. Sam Darnold then got mono and everything went awry for the Jets. I don't know that he's going to get mono this year. I think the Jets will be a little bit better. A little bit better is not going to beat a very good football team, and that's the Buffalo Bills. I think Josh Allen gets it rolling. I think he connects with Stephon Diggs. Maybe a big play, but keep an eye on the guy, Cole Beasley. I think he is going to be a guy that factors in big time for this Bills offense. And Devin Singletary out of backfield, that's enough to me to go Bills covering the 6.5 and and beating the Jets in Orchard Park at Bills Stadium. Let's go to the NFC North. These are two teams the Texans will play later in the year, one on Thanksgiving and one in December. But the Mitchell Trubisky-led Bears take on the Detroit Lions. This one in Detroit. Detroit is kind of a fashionable pick to make the playoffs in the NFC. Matt Stafford is, you know, the, the perennial sneaky hot quarterback. You know, a guy you fall in love with because of the big arm, but has never really done anything in Detroit. And Trubisky really hasn't done a whole lot, but he has gone to a Pro Bowl. There's that, and he did that a couple of years. God, wait, he went to a Pro Bowl. Holy cow. Either way, the Lions playing at home, I'm more apt to trust him in a low-scoring game. I don't know what the over-under is on this one, but it's, two, oh, it's 42 and a half. Boy, fire any under. I just don't think that that's getting there. But. Detroit's favored by two and a half. I think it's probably all right. Let's go Lions winning by three or more. I'm not going to be much more. But I'm taking the Lions to win and putting Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy squarely on the hot seat there in Chicago. The other NFC North game will take place in Minnesota U.S. Bank Stadium as the Minnesota Vikings host the Green Bay Packers. I think the big news in this one is that Daniil Hunter will not play for the Vikings. I think the Vikings are maybe a candidate to step back. Now, Yannick Ngakwe will play for the first time for the Vikings, and he's a house of fire. But I'm going to roll Packers here in a little bit of an upset. Minnesota's favored by two and a half. Let's take the Packers to cover that two and a half and get the win outright in Minneapolis. Oh boy, that's a mouthful. Dolphins, Patriots. The last time in the regular season these two teams battled, it happened week 17 of 2019. And the Dolphins upset the Patriots, knocked the Patriots from the two seed to the three seed, 
put them in wild card weekend, put the Chiefs in the buy spot. The Chiefs went and won a Super Bowl. The Patriots got beat the first weekend by the Titans. The Patriots looking for a measure of revenge with Tom Brady at Whoa. No Tom Brady at quarterback. You're talking about Cameron Newton at quarterback for the Patriots. This could be all kinds of interesting. New England's favored by six and a half. I got a feeling that sneaky Bill Belichick's got a little something for the Dolphins, especially with Cam Newton starting. I'm taking the Patriots to win this one. I'm going to take the Dolphins to get inside that six and a half. How about that? I think this is about a four-point win for the Patriots. Let's go Patriots to win, Dolphins to cover that six and a half. Then we go to Washington, D.C. Actually, Landover, wherever the Washington football team does its business, that's where the Eagles come to town. Philadelphia is favored by five and a half on the road. I think the Eagles are going to have all kinds of issues with Chase Young and Montez Sweat off the edge. This might be one of the better young defenses by the end of the year in Washington. Now, unfortunately, Washington cannot move the football. I just don't see any way where Dwayne Haskins is going to move the football effectively with what they have on offense there. He can throw it to Terry McLaurin every single third down, fourth down, whatever, every down. I don't think it's going to matter. I think Philly's going to get the win. I think they're going to win this by touchdown. I think it's a low-scoring game. The Washington defense is going to be stout up front, and I think that will give the Eagles issue, especially if Miles Sanders is kind of on a little bit of a plan to keep his touches down, to keep his health in check. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but let's take the Eagles to win this thing something like 18-11. to 11. You know, some weird score because the Washington football team will get a safety. That, that's what they'll do. They'll get three field goals and a safety, and the Eagles will win by seven. Let's go to Carolina. Another 9 a.m. body clock game, but this time it's for the Raiders. We don't have a lot of AFC-NFC matchups that, that I can see. Um, we got one Monday nighter. Um, I'm sure there's probably some others. And then we've got this one. The Raiders going to the Panthers. And the Raiders in a 9 a.m. body clock game are favored by three. I'll be honest. The Panthers are a mystery to everybody. There ain't anybody on the face of the earth that has any idea what the Panthers are going to do on Sunday. Matt Rule is coaching NFL game for the first time. He just met his players for the first time when they came in the building to start training camp. I do think, just given the talent, just on paper, I think Carolina has got an opportunity to be sneaky, sneaky hot offensively and actually be pretty good. I really wouldn't be surprised in Matt Rule's debut in Carolina, in Charlotte, that the Panthers upset the Raiders. Derek Carr back on his heels all day. I could see it. I just think the defense just is a little bit too young in Carolina. So I'm going the other way. I'm going Raiders to win. I think they're going to... That that three number is about right. This is somewhere between, I think, a four to six point win for the Raiders. But the Panthers will put up some points. But Derek Carr against that, offense, against that Panthers defense, that young Panthers defense, give it time. Give it time. When that Carolina defense grows up, it's going to be pretty good. Very, very good as a matter of fact. All right. Let's go down to Duval County for the next game. Gardner Minshew gets a visit from the Indianapolis Colts and Big Philly style. Phillip Rivers. Yeah, that's right. Phillip Rivers bringing the Colts in as a seven and a half point favorite. 
I know a lot of people are going to try and feast on the Jaguars. That young defense, kind of like the Panthers, that young defense, if it's allowed to stay together, it is going to be a salty, salty bunch to stop. Trust me on that. A salty bunch. But the Colts are going to cover this number. This is going to be something like 30 to 20, 20 to 10. It's going to be about a 10 to 14 point win for the Colts. Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor are going to go off. The Jaguars are going to have trouble stopping them. And the Colts are going to get that win. Rivers won't do a whole lot. He'll throw a touchdown. But the Colts get done on the ground. They win by 10. Colts to win and to cover that 7.5. All right. A game that we will have our eyes on, also at 12 noon, takes place in Baltimore. Where Baltimore opened the season against the last team that beat it in the regular season. That was the Cleveland Browns. All the way back to week four. Week four. Browns came in, and they followed a balanced formula, but in the second half, they leaned heavily on that run game, and Nick Chubb, that could give the Ravens a little bit of an issue. I don't think it's enough issue. I think the Browns are going to be much better this year, and seven and a half feels a little rich, but I think the Browns are going to have to have, they're going to have some build-up speed. I think when we see them in midseason, I think that's when the Browns are going to be pretty salty, but I don't think in week one, that seven and a half is outside the realm of possibility. So let's take the Ravens to cover that seven and a half and get a win over the Browns. And then we go to our afternoon games. We start in Cincinnati as the Joey B. The Joey Burrow era starts in Cincinnati against the LA Chargers minus Derwin James. But starting Terod Taylor. I think Terod Taylor's gonna be good for these, these Chargers, at least in the interim. I think he's an excellent leader. I think he is the kind of guy that you want to have leading a veteran squad. I think he is perfect for this offense. I think the Chargers are going to score enough. I think the defense gets after Joey B. They harass him. A couple of picks, three, four sacks. I think that's going to be the difference. The Chargers are going to end up winning this one. I'm going to say 24 to 13. So they cover the three, give the Chargers a win in Cincinnati. In this ballgame, who's not going to have eyes on this one? Tom Brady starting for the very first time for the Buccaneers against Drew Brees. This is for all the 40-somethings out there. As the Buccaneers go to New Orleans, New Orleans favored by three and a half. That's probably about right. And I know the Bucs are going to be a really fun team to watch and follow them all year long because of Tom Brady, etc. But man, this is not going to be an easy year in that division. And it starts with the Saints. The Bucs are going to go 0-1. The Saints are going to get this win, but I think it's close, i.e. a lot less than, well, not a lot less, less than three and a half. So let's take the Saints to win this thing at home, but the Bucks to get inside that three and a half. The Bucks will cover. And then out west, San Francisco 49ers are taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, a lot of things going on in this one. First of all, the weather. And what is happening out west with the wildfires, just a horrific, horrific experience. Really, really uh, just heart goes out to all the people out there. So sad to see what's happening out there in San Francisco. It looks uh, like as of right now, the game will stay in place. But don't know that to be 100% fact. If it does, I think San Francisco wins that thing by more than six and a half. DeAndre Hopkins makes his debut. The Cardinals, so obviously people in Houston will want to see what he does. 
but Cardinals, 49ers. Let's go 49ers to cover that six and a half and get the win at home. Then Cowboys, Rams, Sunday night in SoFi Stadium, breaking into the new stadium. The Rams are a two and a half point dog. I think there's no way, even though I think the Dallas Cowboys are very, very talented, I don't think there's any way the Rams are going to lose that debut in SoFi. Let's go Rams to win outright and cover that two and a half. And then Monday night, well, you know what? We'll talk about Monday night's games Monday night. We'll do that uh, when we're doing all access on Monday. So we'll save the Steelers and Giants and Titans and Broncos and end it right there. Really appreciate all of you guys for listening. Thank you so much. We will see you on Monday. Thanks to everybody who participated on this show. Thank you so much, everybody. As always, go Texans. Touchdown! Texans Radio continues in a moment. My Twitter's blowing up. At Jackbox, when are spicy chicken strips coming back? Those would be amazing right now. You got it. I'm bringing them back today. Get my spicy chicken strips combo back on the menu for only $5.99. Limited time only. Participation may vary. Small drink and small fries. Delivery prices may be higher and subject to fees. My Twitter's blowing up. At Jackbox, when are spicy chicken strips coming back? Those would be amazing right now. You got it. I'm bringing them back today. Get my spicy chicken strips combo back on the menu for only $5.99. Limited time only. Participation may vary. Small drink and small fries. Delivery prices may be higher and subject to fees. As a leading global resources company, BHP helps provide the energy fueling economic growth. Here in Houston, this effort is coupled with a commitment to the community. Each year, we donate millions of dollars and thousands of volunteer hours to programs that promote childhood literacy, improve health and well-being, and enhance the quality of life for all Houstonians. The Texans supply the energy on the field. BHP helps supply the energy everywhere else. At Brookside Equipment Sales, equipment's our middle name. You owe it to yourself to visit Brookside Equipment. Brookside is your top dealer for everything John Deere, and we're blowing out the competition with hundreds off gators and thousands off tractors, all with great finance offers. Brookside, 45 years with the best deals and treating customers right. Nine locations and now in Conroe. BrooksideUSA.com. At Brookside Equipment Sales. We're tough enough to cut it. My name is Arturo Vargas, owner and president of Cristina's Mexican Restaurant. This is our story. We have faced many challenges, but on this pandemic, this was something bigger than all of us. That's when Amigy came and had the answers. They reached out to me on a Saturday morning, got the account open, the application in. Tuesday it was approved, and they were funded by Wednesday. Thank you to Amigy Bank from all of us at Cristina's and all of our families. Amigy Bank, a division of Zions Bank Corporation, N.A. Member FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Texans. Stay connected with the Houston Texans and join the Stampede email newsletter for the latest news and team stories. Each month, Stampede members have the opportunity to win sideline experiences, tickets, autographed team memorabilia, and more. Visit HoustonTexans.com to sign up. Make sure you follow the Texans on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And take the Texans with you wherever you go with the Texans app and never miss an update. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence data Q2 2020.
Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Crafted to be savored responsibly. This is Bill O'Brien, head coach of the Houston Texans. As you know, I'm passionate about performance, just like BMW. From the BMW 8 Series, the pinnacle of elegance, to the iconic 3 Series and first ever 2 Series Grand Coupe, there's an ultimate driving machine waiting for you. Check out the all-pro lineup at your BMW Center and see for yourself. BMW, the official luxury car of the Houston Texans. Join BMW's Accelerated into Autumn event September 8th through 12th. Visit HoustonBMWDealers.com for details. Here at Academy Sports and Outdoors, we want everyone to stay safe while doing more of what they love. So whether you're planning a fishing trip, heading out for a run, prepping your lease, or playing sports in the backyard, we have all the gear you need to enjoy more sports and outdoors, all at prices you'll love. And with curbside pickup available, it's never been easier to shop all our brands in-store and online at academy.com. Because whatever you love doing, we're here to help you have more fun out there. Wildcat Golf Club is Houston's premier 36-hole golf facility. Featuring the Lakes Course and the Highlands Course, located just minutes south of NRG Stadium. We're now offering a new and improved player development program, including unlimited range balls for less than $70 a month and 50% green fees after 4 p.m. Players sit off the mats Monday through Wednesday and off the grass Thursday through Sunday. Sign up for this program today at the Wildcat Pro Shop and mention Texans Radio, and we'll add an additional two free golf passes. Texans fans, the 2020 NFL season is finally here, and the race to Super Bowl 55 in Tampa is officially underway. Be there when it all ends with an official Super Bowl 55 ticket package from NFL On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. Don't wait to secure verified game tickets, all-inclusive pregame hospitality complete with appearances from some of the biggest names in football and so much more. Visit NFLOnLocation.com today and secure the football experience of a lifetime. The tradition of postseason college football continues deep in the heart of Houston with the 2020 Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium as the Big 12 takes on the SEC. Be a part of the electric atmosphere and unique bowl week events celebrating everything Houston has to offer. Sign up for the wait list today at thetexasbowl.com to get exclusive pre-sale access, the latest event updates, ticket deals, and more. That's thetexasbowl.com. Um. 